This is what? The ear of? My ear of increase. Say that with me. Okay, time and again I've been sharing with you and establishing the truth that yes, God is the source of increase. Now this is something very important. Now as much as and labor are important, without the favor of God and without God getting involved with, in our affairs, you really cannot see the kind of increase we are talking about. Okay, it is supernatural. Say supernatural. So it's beyond the natural. There is, see, in with hard work and hard labor and working uh, strenuously, you can produce some level of increase. But the increase we're talking about is far beyond the natural kind of increase. That's why it's called supernatural increase. And I believe every one of us is longing to have supernatural increase. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. It's like this. You know, when you, when, you put a, when you deposit into the bank, there is an increase. By the end of the year, they promise you 1% or 2% increase. But then, if you put it into, with risk involved, you put it into the stock market, you probably get 15 to even 30% sometimes. Is that right? All right. So what are you, you are taking risk. Now, faith is a kind of risk. Right? But faith is not a risk that depends on what man is saying but what God is saying. So actually and truly speaking, there is no risk. Because you're launching out on the word of God. When Peter stepped out, he stepped out on the word that Jesus spoke. Say amen. So the, truly speaking, there is no risk unless we entertain doubt and that's when Peter began to sink. Are you with me, everybody? But when, when, when God gets involved, he said the minimum return you can expect is 30 60 and 100 fold. That's the kind of increase we are talking about. So mark today and this month of January where you stand in different areas of your life, in your relationships, in your joy, in your peace, in your health, okay? And, what, uh, and about your business, about your, uh, you know, about your job, uh, your satisfaction, all these and your monies, your investments, your assets. Make a list of all that. And you should be able to compare it at the end of December, at the end of the year, at December 31st. Say amen. Look, because when we're talking about what the Lord is doing, <clears throat> the minimum that God talks about in His Word is double. Double is the lowest, okay? Watch what happened. And this is very important for you to write down this month. See, I'm giving you instructions because if you don't, follow the instructions, you will not be able to recognize how God is working. So it's very important that you write down what I'm saying and act on it so you will be able to see the hand of God work through you and with you and for you. Now, if you write down everything, what are my assets? What, am I, uh, what is my income? What is my bank balances? Where do I stand in my relationship with, uh, with my family. And if you're of that age uh, where you're having children, you might have only one child, but may, you know, write down one child. But if you're crossed and you're my age, you don't think about having more children, right? Somebody got it, somebody else didn't get it. <laughs> right. But I'm talking about increase in every area of your life. Am I right? So you write down all those things and then look what happened with Job. 
the Bible says he was blessed double. You go into Job 42 and read from 10, verse 10 through 12 and you will see the numbers are mentioned. So many camel, so many donkeys, so many things. And then you go back to chapter 1 and where you read about the numbers he had, it's exactly double. Say amen. So there is, a, there is something to compare with and because it's recorded, today we are taking courage and we are being inspired that our God is a God of increase. Amen. But if it's, there is nothing recorded, you can come to the end of the year and say, well, God bless me, but there will be nothing for you to really rejoice, I mean, celebrate and be able to inspire others to share your testimony that they can see the evidence of the hand of God that has supernaturally increased you. I believe I'm not, on, I'm not talking to a camera this morning. I have live people, so I expect a response from you. Or are you still awake, waking up? Well, talk to me, okay? So this is what I'm trying to say. You have to record everything, all right? Now, God is a God. We said God is the one that gives the increase. We talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 and 7, that Paul planted, Apollos watered, and what happened? God gave the increase. So labor is important. Working hard is important, okay? And being focused on what you are doing is very important. So the point I'm trying to make is God cannot and will not bless lazy people. Have I got too many lazy people here? God will not bless you, okay? But you have to work. Whatever I put my hands unto shall... So if I don't put my hands onto something, where, where do I give opportunity for God to bless me? So I need to create opportunities for God's blessing to show up in my life. Look, in Genesis 26, we talk about Isaac, and we'll do, deal with that a couple of weeks, maybe next week. But I want to, you to get this. Isaac sowed seed in that land and received in the same year. See, he's recording something. Record, please make a record today. If you have a diary, write it down today when you go home. Write down everything about your life where you want to see increase. And please don't limit God only to your finances. See, when we talk about increase, we're not just talking about finances. We're talking about every area of your life. Okay, so he says he, he planted, uh, sowed seed in that land and received in the same year as much as he has planted and the Lord, and, and the Lord favored him with blessings. And the man became great and gained more and more. By the end of the year, he had how much? Hundredfold. There was famine. It's a very good excuse to sit down and do nothing and wait for everything to change before you start working. Pastor, I don't have a job. And you sit back and do nothing. All you do is Netflix. Watch Netflix, right? And so now you expect God to do a miracle. And so whenever we announce a miracle service, you are here. You want something for nothing. You don't want to do anything, but you want God to do everything. This is not the gospel I'm preaching. Okay? Come on now. Amen? So, in famine, what did Isaac do? He sowed in lack. He sowed in famine. 
It may seem foolish. Now, when you don't have a job, get busy with something. Go offer yourself to serve somewhere. Take new classes. Improve your skill. Learn a new thing in life that will help you. But don't just sit idle and say, God is a God of miracles. God is a God of miracles. Amen. But everybody that wanted a miracle approached God. They came to Jesus. You have to work, says, sorry, turn to your neighbor and say, you got to work. Okay, you have to work. And God's favor came upon Isaac because he was obedient and he was industrious. God's favor came upon Isaac because he was what? Obedient and industrious. And so God's blessing showed up and the Bible says he began to grow, gained more and more. Now, as we know, Proverbs chapter 10, 22, and I'm establishing these scriptures 22 the blessing of the lord it maketh rich psalm 115 verse 14 and the lord shall increase you how much more and more you and your children now so what we're trying to say is that god is a god of increase say that with me god is a god of increase and right from the very beginning in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, when he began to speak to Adam, he said, and God blessed them. Say, God blessed them. We said, blessed means what? Repeat this with me. Empowered to prosper, empowered to succeed, and empowered to increase. So what do we go after? We go after God the blesser. Hallelujah. Because when his favor shows up in our life, everything will begin to increase. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Through the, bless, through the blessing, God entitled man to increase in every area of his life. We have an entitlement to increase. God had increased on his mind from the very beginning. He said, I will bless thee. So he made a solemn pledge to Abraham that, and his seed that he would bless them. Now, in Genesis chapter 17, verse 6, it says, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful. Everybody say exceeding fruitful. Now when he talks about being exceeding fruitful, he's not just talking about having more children. Not just offspring, but to become, uh, but becoming plenteous and abounding in everything. Becoming plenteous and abounding in everything. Now, we have, I mean I just refreshed your memory on all that. But the point I'm trying to make now is this. Nothing will change until... I change. We all want increase to show up. But increase will show up when there is some change that manifests or some change that takes place in me. So when Jesus came preaching, he started preaching about the kingdom. He showed the kingdom. Hallelujah. He showed the kingdom and he preached the kingdom and said, repent and believe. He was preaching change. Hallelujah. Now, when the 1st of January comes in, everybody writes down resolutions. I want to be this, and I want to do that, and I want to this, and whatever, you make a big list of things, but after a few days, you see that everything you've written down is forgotten, and you hardly ever pursue them. For 
anything to manifest in your life, two things are important, motivation and commitment. Motivation and commitment, you know. Sometimes you're watching television, your commercial comes up, and you see a person with, if you're men, you see a person with muscles, ripped muscles and six-pack and all that, and then they show some equipment that he says he's using. Who knows he, whether he's using that or what? God knows. But he says that in the, ad, in the advert, he says, this is what I'm doing. And so we get motivated. Yeah, I, I know I need to get into shape. I need to do something. So sometimes we get so motivated that we go ahead and buy and purchase that. Correct? And it's all exciting the first few days because we are running on what the fuel called motivation. But then come, reality hits three days into it and your muscles are sore man you can't even move you've done so much you know on the treadmill you've done all the lifting of weights and stuff now you can't even lift your hand to brush your teeth and you begin to wonder is it worth it I mean, I, I, I like it. I like to do it. I want to be like him. I can, I can see those muscles. I can see myself. Oh, praise God. I see it. I see it. I see it. But there is no commitment. So if there is no commitment, what happens? You drop it. So the change is not complete. That's why repentance will bring about a change that is evident on the outside. If the evidence is not on the outside, it is not true repentance. This is the reason why John the Baptist said to those Sadducees and Pharisees and others that came to him, show me fruit of your repentance. Are you with me everybody? See, that's why when you come to Jesus, especially when you come from other faiths, other religious backgrounds, when you say, I, I believe in Jesus, then there has to be evidence on the outside. That's why we say, don't put that mark on the forehead. Why? The evidence is, I have really changed on the inside. The evidence is, I am going through the waters of baptism. I am declaring to everybody, now I'm a new person. Yes, the, 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 you know, I, I have become, I'm, I'm born again. And it's, being born again is an act on the inside, which has to be manifested on the outside through doing what? Declaring through baptism. Amen. So there has to be evidence. You can't say, I'm born again and continue to live a sinful life. And say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus as you're puffing your cigarette. Come on now. Are you with me? And, I, and say, by the grace, I'm set free. Grace sets us free to do what? Overcome sin. Grace does not empower us to do sin and continue in sin and then declare, I'm born again. That is cheap grace and that is not the true meaning of grace. Now, I didn't prepare to say this, but I want to say something. <laughs> Let's go. I don't know why I'm getting into this. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find that. Oh, Jesus. 
Yeah. Look at uh, Revelation chapter 2 and verse 15. So, that, so hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicol, Nicolaitan, Nicolaitans, which thing I hate, Nicolaitans. The doctrine of the Nicolaitans. I don't want to say much. Go home and study that. Nicolaitans were people that became disciples of Nicholas, who was one of the seven people that were initially ordained to be the deacons. And Nicholas supposedly is from a pagan background. So as the years went by, he contaminated the faith by bringing in religious practices of the pagan religion, in which he even lowered the standard of morality. And he preached a message of grace that said you can live as you like. And Jesus said, I hate it. Study the Nicolaitans. It's very, very interesting. That has remained even till today. I don't know how I got onto that. But anyway, I'm talking about change, right? Nothing changes until I change on the inside first. So Jesus talking about repentance would say, you know, repent and believe. And I wrote something down. When do you repent? And how do you repent? See, when I, as I said, let's go back to this commercial where I see this person with all these muscles and ripped muscles and being strong. And I say, I like to be like that. See, there is something presented to me that attracts my attention. Is everybody with me? And a desire is spurred in me to be like that. So what was Jesus doing? He was presenting the gospel... And he was demonstrating the gospel through signs, wonders, and miracles and saying, this is the kingdom. Am I right? This is the kingdom. And some people rejected it. They've tried to find fault with it and said, this is not of God, this is of the devil. So they didn't want that. But there were others who ran for it. See, And so he said, if you want to enter into this, a change is needed, a repentance is needed. Re that means number one thing in repentance is you've got to recognize you have a need. You have to recognize you have a need. See, when we're talking about increase, you have to recognize that you're not satisfied where you're at and you want to get to somewhere that shows increase in your life. Am I clear to you? Okay. Number two is recognize the need for help. I need help. See, Jesus was presented, is presented as our Savior. There is no other name given among men under heaven whereby man can be saved. Am I right? So you need to recognize I am a wretched, depraved sinner, and there is no way out for me except through Jesus Christ. So number one, I want what Jesus is offering. That, I want, that he said, as many as received him to them gave me the what? The power to become the sons of God. So I can become a son of God. A, a, some, something is being presented to me. Now I need to recognize that I need that, number one. And number two, that the only one that can give me that is Jesus. Not any other God by any other name. Come on. Now I'm not saying anything and I'm not talking negative about any other religion. But I'm saying there is no other name... 
under heaven given among men whereby man can be saved except the name of what Jesus Christ somebody shout Jesus, Jesus. say it again Jesus. that is the name I need Jesus all right so that number three I have to turn away from my religious other religious pursuits if I'm looking for Christ so this is what I'm trying to say okay the guy says you can become like this you get this machine and you start working on it so you start working on it but the second thing he says is not only do you have to do that you have to control your diet now I don't like that I don't know about you but I don't like the diet part I like the I don't mind the exercise part but I don't want you to control my diet so how serious am I about this change see we all want change but we want it on our terms it can never happen come on are you with me we all want change but we want it on our terms it will never happen whatever the demand is unless you comply with it that will not manifest the result will not manifest so the change has to be complete and wholesome so I need to recognize I'm a sinner I need to recognize I need a savior and that savior is Jesus and I need to turn away from all other belief systems all other gods all other beliefs and turn to God hallelujah now the question issue is I have to believe first I got to turn away and secondly I now have to believe that means I have to start walking on a new course now I have to say I believe and believe is a verb that means is a word of action so now what does that imply I have when I say I believe then I have to confess with my mouth Jesus Christ is Lord that's what Paul said as when we whoever confesses the Lord is saved amen so now but just confession without turning around will not bring the necessary change that's why today we have so many people in the church where the change is not evident they keep claiming they're born again but there is no real evidence of being born again come on that's why now they begin to those are the people that I would call and term mixed multitude because now they try without a change of the heart just because they said with the mouth Jesus is Lord you know what they do they begin to try to explain the Bible according to their way of thinking which has not changed and come in line with God's way of thinking so they have a democratic mindset God is not democratic God is theocratic God does not care about your opinion and my opinion he said you're a man he said you're a woman I don't care what you think there is no gender equality in God he made man and he made women now there are people that are trying to progressive Christians are now turning everything around they call themselves evangelical Christians but they call themselves progressive Christians and the other day on Friday I was telling you that they are now claiming that Jesus was wearing a frock can you see this because I don't believe they were born again they might have been educated in their head but there is no change in the heart the change in the heart is more important my friends you have to repent you're a sinner God doesn't care about your opinion he said you're a man you're a woman 
That's it. Period. You think if the majority of people think that, no, 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 I, I don't feel like a man, you know, I'm, so I'm going to call myself women. So I get offended when somebody addresses me as he. No, no, you got to call me a she because I feel like I'm a she. Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your mind? Is that how, you know, this is what the, the, the world is becoming and turning into. And I'm warning us, let us submit. That's why I said everything starts with submit, submission and surrender to God. Submit yourself to God. Surrender unto the Lord. That means I comply and I totally in a, I'm in agreement with his word. If he said I'm a man, I'm a man. If he said I'm a woman, I'm a woman. If there's anything else, that's called confusion. Amen? Yeah. So, I believe the gospel. Jesus is the only way. And he paid the price. Now, I receive him and I confess him as my Lord. When I do that, this brings about a change in my life. The change is affected in my heart, in my attitude, and my behavior. True Christians show a change in their heart, in their attitude, and their behavior. This kind of change is evident on the outside. That's what I'm talking about. There has to be a genuine turnaround. Go with me to the book of Acts, please. Book of Acts, chapter 19, and verse 18. Look at this. Okay, let me go to the King James. Okay. Uh, and many that believed. So what happened? They turned away from other things and turned toward God. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. This is what repentance is. There has to be an evidence of that change. Say amen somebody. There has to be an evidence of the change. And many of them also, which use curious arts, brought their books, that means witchcraft, okay? Brought their books together and burned them before all men, and they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. I want to read it from another version for you. Look at this. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. Is that clear? They, they said, this is wrong. So I'm going to turn away. It's not saying, Lord, I'm sorry. And then going back to a sorcerer. There are many Christians that believe in palmistry. There are many Christians that will read the horoscopes. They will turn the newspaper and say, what is it saying about me for today? And they say, hey, I'm a lion. Who are you? You know who I am? A son of the Lion of Judah. Somebody says, I'm cancer. That's why you have cancer. You're claiming to be cancer. See, these are all stars that are under my God. They're under the feet of my Lord Jesus Christ. When you turn, you turn. You give up that nonsense. You don't even entertain those books or that material or that literature in your house. You don't keep it in your house. They attract demonic powers. 
That's why you're troubled in your house. That's why you have bad dreams. That's why you're restless. That's why bad things are visiting you and your house. Get rid of everything that has any significance with the demonic. See, those are things that permit and create a portal for the enemy to enter into your house. You can be a prayerful person. You, can, you know, sometimes unconsciously we have, because we love art. There are some art, you know, lovers. And they have pictures and artifacts that depict other gods. Sometimes you might have, oh, it's just a piece of art. You have Buddha in the house. Get rid of it. I said, get rid of it. We're not supposed to have any idols. Even paintings of such things. If you have anything stuck on the wall, the Bible always declares, put the word on the wall. Right from the Old Testament, you read it. It says, put the word on the wall. Put the word on your forehead. That's why if you go even now, I mean, I really appreciate this. If you go into any Hebron church, in our, in our state or anywhere else, you will see the writing of God's word on the walls, on, in, in front of the church, on all the walls of the church, everywhere. What do they have? The word, the word, the word. Nothing else will you see but the word. That's how we should be. If you have a nice picture, a painting, that's great. But make sure that has no connection with other gods, other religions, other, other secret beliefs, or other demonic occult practices. When you go home today, go through your whole shelf. Go through your whole house. See if there's anything to link with it, get rid of it. I don't care how much money you spent. Listen to how much money these guys burnt up that day. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books. They were practicing sorcery. They brought their incantation books, burned them at the public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. Not one million. Several million dollars worth was put to fire. Because why? They wanted every connection, every link with the demonic occult, purses, occult practices to be severed completely. Why? You say, it's harmless. No, my friend, you don't understand. If I have an artifact that represents the, you know, the occult, represents other gods in my house, that is a clear gateway for and it has the right to enter into my house are you with me everybody sometimes you're breaking curses you're making confessions you're praising the Lord you're worshiping God but unconsciously there is something in the house get rid of it maybe it's in the office in your premises in your in your cabin get rid of anything and everything I don't care how expensive it is it is not more expensive than your life. And if you're serious about increase, this is something that has to happen. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. So we were talking about repentance. And we talked about what in the, you know, we, we looked at the life of Zacchaeus. So I want to take you to a couple more situations in the Bible to explain to you the importance of the real change. I'm emphasizing this because Everybody, I believe, desires increase. And I'm trying to show you from Scripture that there is a part you play to make sure that this manifests in your life. Say amen, somebody. Okay? So let's go to uh, Luke chapter 15. Oh, sorry. I got this mixed up. Okay. Luke, uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 1. Oh, sorry. Not 19. Luke chapter 11. 15. 15. Sorry. I'm sorry. Luke chapter 15, 
and verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. Wasted his substance with riotous living. Wasted his life or substance with what kind of living? That means a life that is lived without boundaries. We think freedom is without living life without boundaries. That kind of living life destroys people. Freedom, true freedom for us is being set free from bondage of oppression, but surrendering to our Lord Jesus Christ. To submit to the authority of Jesus because real freedom should bring joy and peace and you know, the, the uh, joy and peace, I should say, yeah. Okay, and that cannot happen if you live a riotous living life. Okay, and when he had spent all, he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. Somebody say famine. Okay, and he began to be in want. Now, this rich kid who is driving his Corvette, his Ferrari one day, today is begging. Why? Foolishness. Why? No discretion. Why? No boundaries. Why? Because he thought that is true freedom. He does not want, he did not want his dad to be looking over his shoulder and telling him what to do. Because he thought his dad is the real problem for his true enjoyment. Hello, young people. All I need is money. That's why today you see a lot of young people, they're not interested in studying. They're interested in making money through PUBG. Because they think money is what they want. Education is a burden. Hey, listen, I was telling somebody the other day, I said, listen, education is not just to get a degree. Education is to improve your thinking. Education is very important. Young man, young woman, listen to me. You must educate yourself. Not to present yourself that I've got so many doctorates and not to become a fool through education, but become wise through education. You don't get so educated that now you deny God's existence. There are so many people like that too. But education is to make you think and help you think right. Okay? So be educated. And when spent all, there rose a great famine in the land, and he began to be in want. That means he had need. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and, and he sent him into his fields to feed what? Pigs, swine. He was living a royal life. He ends up with pigs. I pray none of you will have that experience. Don't blame the devil for that. I know the devil inspired him, but it was his choice that drove him from a palace to a pig pen. But when you submit to God, the Holy Spirit will take you from a prison to the palace. When God is in charge, he'll take you from the dunghill and raise you to be seated on a throne. Come on, child of God. Okay? So he begins to, he says now, he's going, he's now working and living with pigs. And he would have fain have filled his belly with husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. He was ready to eat pig's food. 
Can you see how he fell? From that high lofty position of living in royalty where servants served him. He would be seated in royal clothing and people would come to serve him a seven course meal. All he had to do is lift a finger, that's all. Today he's eating and living and sleeping with pigs. Church, don't despise God and his word. Young man, young woman, do not despise the wisdom of your parents and your elders. They're not your enemies. I'm telling you, the devil will always be trying to tell you, it's that problem is your parents, problem is your, is your elders, problem is your church, your pastor. Don't, don't believe the devil. See, these things are recorded in the Bible for us to learn lessons without having to go through the same pain. Amen? All right. And he began to, right. And he would have fain filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Now here comes a point of realization. And when he came to himself, somebody say, came to himself. That means he began to realize. He began to sit down and think. Change does not begin without thinking. Change does not begin without, oh my God. Time up. Oh Lord Jesus. Hmm. Glory. <laughs> well, I got, I got caught, man. I don't know where to stop now. All right, let me finish this and we will probably cut down on something else. All right. And, and you know, I will arise and go to, sorry. When he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? He began to reflect, okay? I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son and make me as one of thy hired servants. Now, all this is in the mind. He's thinking about all this. Thinking is the first step toward repentance, but it is not complete repentance. This is what is giving him a realization. Hey, I can be that while I'm here like this. When Jesus was preaching, that's what was happening. People were seeing that and saying, I would love to have that. I would love to experience that. And so they begin to think. And so now the step is, I have to do something. Change is not only to think, but to act. Okay? So verse 19 says, and he, I'm sorry. I will arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and, uh, heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. Action. Action. It's not enough to say, I believe Jesus. Yes, I believe Jesus. There are so many people today in, in, in our nation, they say, I, we believe in Jesus. I, we believe he's God. That's not enough. You have to take the next step and say, I confess him with my mouth and I reject all other faiths. That's true change. That's true repentance. Because God desires total and complete surrender. Say amen. He rose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. He's not giving any excuses. He said, Father, I'm a sinner. 
That's how we need to approach God. Lord, I like to be like that. I want to see increase. I am making a mess of my life. Lord, I'm sorry. I surrender. Help me to see. Help me to walk in the way that will cause increase to show up in my life. It's not enough just to sit down and think good thoughts. See, when you love somebody, it's expressed in two ways. Words, number one. Action, number two. But just having good thoughts towards somebody is not complete. Come on, somebody. Amen. But the father said to his servant, bring forth the best robe, put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. See, the point I'm trying to make is this. Nothing changed until he changed first in his heart and then in action. Nothing will change for you, church, as far as increase is concerned, until you realize that you need to increase, you desire to increase, and you do something about that. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Right? So, Change is always first on the inside and then it's manifested on the outside. Everything that he lost was restored and super abundance and increase showed up in this man's life. Hallelujah. When he changed. It didn't show up. His father desired to bless him. But nothing happened until this young man got off the pig spent and said, I'm going with a repentant heart and I'm going to submit to my father. I'm saying, Father, just receive me as your servant. Everything changed on the outside for him. My question as I close this morning is, what changes have you begun to make from the 1st of January? I've been talking about and many times I've reminded you about having a daily routine. Have you put down the five things that you would like to do every day with discipline? Church, listen. Motivation in itself is not complete. Motivation has to be accompanied with commitment. That's when you will see the real change on the outside. If you say, I'm not happy with my health. I'm not happy with my shape. I need to lose weight. What are you doing? Just daydreaming? Or are you writing it down and saying, this is what I'm going to do and have you started implementing that? This is the challenge. And when you start implementing, submit that to God because for a normal person, it might take three months to lose five kilos, but for you, you will lose within one month because God is giving you the supernatural over the natural. Come on now. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. See, what happens is this. Somebody goes to the doctor and the doctor says, get me a blood report. And you go get the blood report and says, my God, your uh, triglycerides are about 500. And says, it's going to kill you. <laughs> you got to do something about it. Who wants to die? Nobody wants to die. So you say, what am I supposed to do, doctor? Oh, you got to go some for a walk, exercise, and stop doing this, stop doing that. My wife to lose. I, I, I love to see my triglycerides reduced. I, I desire that. Lord, do something. Lord, do something. Lord says, I will do something. You do something too. 
So you got to wake up. You never used to walk. Now you walk for an hour every day or 40 minutes or something. And then as you do it, what happens? Change. First you change in your thinking. You change and you put that into action. And now you see results. There's a change in the report again. Three months later, the report is excellent. Hallelujah. So I'm talking about genuine change in us to cooperate with God so what God promised can become our portion. Amen? Hallelujah. I pray that you will truly understand the meaning of repent and believe and apply it not only to your salvation but also to other areas of your life.